And we're back with another episode of The Anarchist Experience, episode 168, a.k.a. season 2, episode 36, uh, coming at you this Saturday morning. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Richie Rich, along with... MC. And since this is a call-in show, here are the numbers for you to dial. Uh, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. Uh, so what's new with you this week, MC? Oh, not much. Um, there, there was something in the in the Hawaii legislature. Leg, leg, I can't talk today. Legislature. Legislature. Uh, that uh, was kind of funny to me. Um, more protectionism uh, because the, the cab companies are upset. But um, yeah, so Uber and Lyft they they want to put a cap on on the 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 surge pricing though that they can't you know when when there's a holiday or or something uh that is, i don't know maybe even just happy hour or something that causes there to be fewer cars uh, available uh uber and lyft like to raise the price so kind of have a supply supply and demand thing going for them there um and it can happen pretty much in real time so so that it encourages more people to work uh, for them when there are less cars available so that more people can have cars. Amazing I mean, how they do sense. that. It makes sense. <laughs> you couldn't make a better system than that, right? You know, everybody gets what they want. Some yeah. people really want a car, and, and the higher the price is, then uh, the more likely that they will get a car. Um, yeah. It, the the and, goal uh, is to find the happy medium, right? Because you raise the price, so let the people who are more price sensitive will will do something else, right? They'll find another means of transportation, which you know drives down demand, um, and the drivers, right? The the Uber and Lyft drivers see the higher prices and know they'll get a better cut, um, yeah. so they they get on the road and drives up supply, you know. So some somewhere in the middle. Right, uh, uh, a happy medium is reached between you know supply and demand um, at a price appropriate for that level, um, and if it you know if all works out right, it should level it should level or equilibrate or whatever word I'm looking for out somewhere close to the natural price, right? Because if if more drivers get on the road, well then the, the surge price you know should come down um, as as they get more drivers available. Um, and as demand goes down because less people are willing to pay that price, um, that should also drive the price back down to, to where it would, you know, where it should be or where it could be, um, you know, absent the, absent the, the surge price model, right? It just, it's kind of like, like you said, supply and demand in real time, like equilibrium in real time, just finding it, you know, finding it naturally, um, somehow. Right. And uh, so it's kind of weird to me because they are the cab company. Um, I don't know how this going to help them at all. Because if if the cab company space ever gets below the Uber and Lyft, then you know they, they should like that because then they they're more competitive at that point. And now they're basically making it so where cab company is never going to be the desired option unless there just simply aren't enough cars around and they have to take the cab. So, um, I don't, I don't really think it's going to help out the cab company too much. You know, people, people avoid the cab company for, for other reasons than, yeah. than, uh, 
than just the, the, the fare. Um, so yeah, it's just going to make it, you know, just <laughs> the government getting in the, in the way and making, making things worse. So. At, at the behest of the cab companies though, right? Like th- this is, yeah. pro- is it protectionism for the cab companies or the, yeah. Well, it was sold on, on or consumer protection. It was sold like who's pushing it. I don't, I don't really know. I think it's just government has nothing better to do, but it, it was sold on the internet uh, or in the media as well. When the rates go up, then the military guys have to pay a higher rate for Uber and Lyft. Oh, so no. that's, that's, that's bad. We don't want them to pay more than, you know, a fair price. Um, and I don't know like that, uh, that anybody in the military would actually complain. Um, that just seems bizarre to me. Like, you know, are they that stupid that they can't go, oh, well, what other options are out there? Maybe I'll take the cab company if Uber and Lyft are cost too much. You know, like, I don't understand. Part, part of me wants to say, yeah, they're that stupid because they know how to follow orders. And if their orders say take an Uber or Lyft, right, then they're, then they're not going to call a cab company for a ride. Well, they don't generally get orders to take Uber Sir, or Lyft. yes, sir. They, they just say, you know, find a way and, you know, whatever the price is, then we'll comp you, you know, if, if we need to or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. It's weird. I don't understand. <laughs> it is weird. It, 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 it's, it's weird. And then all it does is create an artificial scarcity, right? Like, you know, when, if, if the price is down and there's no drivers available, well, then there's no incentive for the drivers to become available, right? And there's no, in, and, and, and there's no incentive for the, the people, right, to, like, request less. So it's just going gonna, gonna to look bad um, on the part of Uber and Lyft because there's people going to be like, oh, you, go, you guys don't have any drivers. It's like, well, no one wants to drive for the, for the price right now, you know? Like, that's, that's just the end of it. Yeah. And so people, people just don't get rides at that point because there's, there's no drivers willing to get on the road. And if, if that's the way that they're trying to, like, force people into the cab companies, right, then they go like, well, you know, you, you, now you have to catch a cab because there's, no there's no one else available. Um, then I guess that's the way to benefit the cab companies. I wonder, how many people, I wonder how many people work for the cab company and also work for Lyft and Uber. Is that – can you do that, though? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, I have no idea. I would think the cab companies would, like, have, you know – non-compete agreements or something yeah probably I, I know a lot of people drive for uber and lyft right simultaneously and they take whatever fare comes along first or you know whatever's whatever 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 companies happens to be paying better at the moment right because you know who cares um yeah but i don't know i don't i don't think i know of any cab drivers who like drive lyft and uber on the side like i don't even know what the point of that would be right you just you you get your cab fare or you get your Uber fare, and if if you're making more money at Uber and Lyft, then you just stop driving the cab. Unless it's surge pricing time, right? And then all of a sudden you just you turn on your uh, your medallion or whatever what, <laughs> your your cab fare, and start picking people up that way. Called dispatch. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm turning on the light now. All right, all right I got nothing. All what right, are you, what are we doing? Show prep then, because I got nothing either. Slow week. Slow week on news too, like aside, you know, aside from the the Donald being the Donald. Um, headlines: uh, Parents from 
form organization to fight government officials who keep kidnapping children. Uh, headline, the state as God's will. Headline, no one comes out the victor in a trade war. Headline, uh, bureaucrats shut down your kid's lemonade stand. Country time will pay the fines. Uh, headline, Tom Brady is the latest celebrity to hop on the anti-straw bandwagon. Uh, headline, national security is a lousy excuse for a lousy trade and energy policies. And finally, headline, uh, progressives against economic progress. Uh, any place in particular you want to start this week, MC? Oh, it's all good. All right. Um, let's do this one because this one's fun. I, I think there's a couple here that um, I like. Like, you know, more than others. Uh, bureaucrats shut down your kid's lemonade stand. Country time will pay the fines. Uh, a summer promotion will cover fines and fees when your local code enforcers come calling. Every summer, it seems, brings a parade of outrageous stories about petty local officials who shut down kids' front yard lemonade stands because the little moppets don't have the right permits. But this summer, things might be different as civil disobedience meets corporate marketing. Uh, young lemonade entrepreneurs are getting some support against local bureaucrats from powdered lemonade manufacturer Country Time. Uh, this morning, uh, this is uh, the 7th, so two days ago. This morning, the company launched an ingenious summer promotional campaign. Country Time wants your kids to open lemonade stands, and if some stiff suits from City Hall comes calling, uh, Country Time will help you out by covering the cost of fines and permit fees. Uh, from their tweet, I'll read the tweet this time. Uh, kids across the country are getting busted for operating lemonade stands without a permit. We're taking the lead to save lemonade stands, hashtag, uh, by paying for kids' fines plus permits this year. For every uh, RT retweet this gets, we'll donate uh, $1 up to 500000 to help kids next year and beyond. Uh, this promo site provides the details to take advantage of the offer you need to be the parent of a child 14 or younger who has a lemonade stand. Uh, Country Time will cover fines or fees up to $300 per child. The company has budgeted $60,000, enough to help at least 200 kids uh, for the program, which runs through August. But the tweet says Country Time is prepared to create a fund up to $500,000 to help more kids uh, in future summers. Country Time has an obvious agenda here. More lemonade stands potentially means more people purchasing and consuming its product. But the promotional stunt is a reminder that these meddling local officials are not protecting public safety, but interfering in the lives, in people's lives, for stupid reasons and demanding to be paid for the service. Uh, kudos to Country Time for trying to discourage this awful behavior, although in some cases $300 might not be enough to cover uh, rapacious city permitting demands. Uh, so your thoughts on this, MC, number one, uh, about stupid, stupid bureaucrats and cops shutting down lemonade stands. And number two, uh, ingenious idea on Country Time's part? Uh, I, I think it's a good... Um, I think, uh, yeah, the government, why, why do they do that? I think it's uh, because they got nothing better to do. And, and uh, lemonade stands are easy targets. Um, they, they often don't fight. I, I saw... Um, who was that? Uh, Adam Kokesh and, and friends uh, do a anarchist lemonade sale. Um, I think near the White House or something, and, and the cops shut them down. <laughs> oh yeah, and they were only charging yeah, like ten cents just, or something. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just it's silly to see them bumble around, and you know, they're not even sure what they're supposed to be doing, you know, to, to these people that are selling lemonade. Yeah. <laughs> and so they get like, you know, 30 cops just around them and, and they're demanding that the public 
not buy any lemonade. And so then they, of course, they have somebody else show up. I want a lemonade. You know, they're part of the same group, but yeah, (laughs) just so they can get arrested. (laughs) It's, it's kind of sad, right? When, when opening a lemonade stand is an act of civil disobedience, right? Like I'm, I'm sure that's not why the, you know, the kids around the country like open up their lemonade stands, but to get shut down for so often and for so many years now, where the mere act of opening the stand, you know, has become an act of civil disobedience is just so ridiculous. So ridiculous that it's gotten to that point where it's just, I don't know, I'm, I'm befuddled and dumbfounded. Like, why, why, why would the cops do that? Right? Like, what's, what's the point? You know, like it's summertime, it's a lemonade stand. It's, 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 I want to call it an American tradition um, to do something like that, right? You just, you know, what are you going to do over the summer? Ah, you just put up a lemonade stand and, and people will buy the lemonade, you know, just not even because it tastes good, right? A lot of times it's just because to support the local kids and encourage them, um, you know, to, to, to start businesses and, and even if it's just lemonade stand or to do well and, and, you know, just to be productive members of society, and then you got the parasites coming along and basically saying like, well, we didn't get our cut. So now no one gets lemonade, right? Like you didn't pay your permit fee. You don't have permission to be here. You know, we're, we're you're not paying any tax sales tax or anything like that on, on the sale of the lemonade. Um, so, so you got to go. Right. And you know, since, since this article was published, I've already seen like two or three other lemonade stands shut down. Right. Like articles about that. Like it's, 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 it's like the summer tradition now, you know, neighbor, neighbor calls cops on kids for having lemonade stand in the next door yard. Right. Like, come on. Am I wrong about this? Is this, is this not as ridiculous <laughs> as I think? Cause it seems really ridiculous. Yeah. It's pretty silly. It makes it, it again, just, man, makes me hate cops so much. Like I don't really need another reason to hate them. And then to do dumb stuff like this, right? And and then they go and the the whole Kokesh thing was like, okay, so it's not even a children's lemonade stand, right? Like we're we're adults setting up a lemonade stand. So so now what, right? If if you're gonna if you know if if you're gonna shut down kids, try shutting us down. Um, and also, do we really need do do we really need your permission and permitting and you know all this other uh, bureaucratic nonsense to get in the way? of starting any type of business, right? There was, you know, the, the out, you know, outlaw manicurist, um, there were, oh man, again, I, I bring it up only because it's what I used to follow. Um, there was, a, a, a guy in New Hampshire who had a YouTube channel and he was, uh, like a former reporter. So he was, he was very effective and used to teach classes, uh, on how to do short form videos for activism, uh, mostly activism purposes. Um, but he did like, uh, his, piece of activism was like the outlaw puppeteer because there's some nonsense law that says you're not allowed to like, you know, do puppet shows out in public. <laughs> uh, and so he just, he just, he would set up puppet shows and just do them and then just wait, either wait for them to shut him down or wait for them to, you know, arrest him um, in the hopes that someone would s- see how ludicrous the law is and then change the law. Right. Like, you know, nullify the, the outlaw puppeteering, ordinances um and i think you know something similar should be done 
uh, you know, if, if you're an in the system kind of person, right. To, to allow for lemonade stands without permits, you know, in general, right. I'm not even going to say like over the summer months or by kids under 14. Um, but just get rid of, get rid of the whole, just get rid of the whole system. Um, but if you're not going to get rid of the whole system, at least get rid of the, the really ludicrous things that are just so stupid, so, so stupid that it's not even like, how, how can you even bring this across as like a safety issue or for the children, right? Like the, the two biggest ex- excuses that status will come up with as to like why a law needs to be passed, right? Like, who are you trying to save here? You know, who, who are you protecting? Um, you know, are you concerned uh, that the, the lemonade is, is, hasn't been vetted by the FDA and, and, you know, could be tainted by something or other, right? And is it for the, for the children? Like, you know, how, how is shutting down their lemonade stand um, doing them any good, right? Just makes them more dependent on, on the system, doesn't allow them the freedom to like, you know, branch out and learn, uh, you know, entrepreneurial business lessons or anything like that. It's, it harms the kids, right? It, it, it robs them of, you know, le- of business lessons that they could be learning by running their lemonade stand. Uh, and if it's country, if it, even if it's country time or fresh squeezed lemonade, right, there's not a lot of ingredients that go into it. Like I'm not, I don't, I don't, I would never be concerned about like getting tainted, you know, tainted lemonade, uh, from a kid's lemonade stand, right? Like I don't, it's, it's, it's so innocuous that I don't even think it's a safety issue. Like, no, no, no. Anything else? No. Motherfuckers. All right, let's move on to more people fighting back then. Uh, parents from organiz- form God damn it. Parents form organization to fight government officials who keep kidnapping children. Uh, over 12 have, over 1200 parents have formed a coalition to fight back against the state who keeps unnecessarily kidnapping children against the best interests of the child. Uh, A parents' rights organization filed a letter in federal court on Tuesday asking a federal judge to strike down Minnesota's current child protection laws for being too expansive and removing children from loving and safe homes without due process. Uh, Families are being abused and in some cases destroyed as a result of laws that are inappropriate, uh, said Dwight Mitchell, the lead plaintiff in the case and founder of the Parents Association. This is legal kidnapping. Uh, the Star Tribune reported that the growing parents movement stopped child protection services from legal kidnap legally kidnapping. Uh, that's a cool name for an organization. Said it's documented nearly 50 cases in 23 counties across the state in which children were wrongfully removed and placed into foster care based on false or disputed evidence. The organization, which represents a coalition of civil rights groups, black parents and attorneys, seeks a court order declaring that specific state laws governing circumstances under which a child can be removed from home deprive families of due processes and are unconstitutional. Uh, Stop Child Protection Services from Legally Kidnapping argued in a letter that Minnesota's law wrongfully criminalizes parents for what they consider to be routine parental discipline and have a disproportionate impact on black families, according to the Star Tribune. In fact, data provided by the state of Minnesota reveals that black black families are three times more likely than whites to be reported to child protection and have children removed from the home. Uh, There is a lot of concern, particularly in the African-American community, that child protection doesn't understand the culture and is removing children that are doing okay, says Rich German, executive director for Safe Passage for Children of Minnesota, a watchdog group for child welfare. 
the parents' groups advocate for greater parental protection, including the right to discipline, right to dis- disciple uh, children using corporal punishment. <laughs> okay. I'll, discipline. It should be, right? It's, it's not what it says. Uh, using corporal punishment, i.e. spanking, without the risk of government intervention. Uh, the Star Tribune reported that after Mitchell went public uh, with a civil rights lawsuit in April, it has opened the floodgates of complaints of abuse against child protection agencies. Additionally, since the lawsuit was filed, membership in the Stop Child Protective Services from Legally Kidnapping Organization has grown to more than 1,200 members statewide. In his lawsuit, Mitchell alleged that Dakota County child protection workers legally kidnapped his 11-year-old son, Xander, for two years after a babysitter reported that the boy had been spanked for stealing and disobeying his parents. Uh, During his separation from the family, Mitchell said he was not allowed to contact Xander or to even know where his son was living. He said that since being taken by the state for two years, his son has become more socially withdrawn and suffered lasting emotional trauma. Uh, it was hell on earth and disproportionate to the needs presented, said Mitchell, 57, a management consultant who eventually found to be a fit parent after two years of being separated from his son. A uh, report by the Star Tribune explained, uh, Mitchell argued in his lawsuit that the Minnesota statutes governing child protection are unconstitutionally vague by not requiring the government to demonstrate a clear threshold of harm before terminating a parent's rights. Uh, the laws are also ambiguous about what constitutes excessive parental force. Under state law, parents and legal guardians are permitted to engage in reasonable and moderate physical discipline of children, so long as the discipline does not result in an injury. Uh, based on this definition, a parent who inflicts uh, even moderate punishment, such as spanking, could have their children removed if the child is injured, uh, attorney for Mitchell said. The number of child abuse and neglect reports have skyrocketed in Minnesota as screened in uh, or accepted for review cases have grown from 20,167 reports in t- 2014 to 30,936 in 2016, according to a state report, largely due to a series of changes recommended by government Mark Dason's 2015 special task force on child protection after several high-profile pri- pro- failures of the system. Uh, Minnesota Human Rights Commissioner Emily Piper, in a written statement, pushed back against the growing parental rights movement and allegations of legal kidnapping. Every day, trained professionals in counties across Minnesota go to work to protect our children and families, Piper said. To call their work kidnapping is an affront to the extraordinary services they perform for all of us, uh, particularly the most vulnerable children in our community. Our highest priority is keeping children safe, and Minnesota's child protection system is an integral part of that work. Uh, While the state attempts to explain away their actions as keeping children safe, it's clear that when a child is taken from parents for two years on allegations of spanking, something is drastically wrong with the system. Uh, The fact that it took two years for the state to eventually come to the conclusion that Mitchell was a fit parent, during which time his connection with his son was completely severed, leads to the obvious conclusion that state's kidnapping of Xavier was not in his best interest. Uh, End of the article. Uh, Your thoughts uh, on, on this issue or child protection services in general. MC. Um, yeah, it's, it's another problem of, of having a state is, is that, uh, how, how do you keep them under control? Um, so, and then in this case, elections, there's, there's, there's no way they're not, they're not elected officials. They just, uh, they have uh, a monopoly of force over your kids and, uh, they can take them at any time. So, um, yeah, it's just something that is is out of control and uh you know, hopefully that these these people have some success and 
and, and stopping this type of craziness. Um, do we want to get into like alternatives for CPS in a state free society? Uh, you can, if, if you want, um, it, it's, that's something I've really thought about. So I don't know. It's up to you. All right. Well, I, I don't put much thought into anything either because uh, one of the, one of the arguments that we use, right. The, the, you know, from, from the anarchist perspective, um, is it's not our responsibility to come up with every solution you think society needs, right? Like solution solutions themselves will come up uh, on their own as, as markets dictate. Um, but we're not out to replace every government program, right? Like, you know, the, the, the standard who will build the roads uh, type of nonsense that comes up like who will protect the children um, could easily be thrown out there as well. So I will say that something would come up, but the, the important thing is um, mind your own damn business, right? Like I'm not, I don't even, I don't even care what happens to my neighbor's kids, right? If, if that's like, to me, that's, that's a family issue. Um, and if the child develops poorly and becomes a detriment to society, um, then you, you handle those crimes as they arise. Does that make sense? Like if the child becomes a hooligan and starts like, you know, vandalizing, uh, cars down the street, well then, then, then you, you take the child away then for like, you know, vandalize, you hold, not take the child away, but you hold the child accountable, um, or the young adult accountable, uh, for the, for the damage that they caused, or, you know, if, if they steal things and you hold them accountable for that. Right. But up, up until like, up until that crime has been committed against, you know, um, someone claiming to be a victim, I don't, I don't see a problem right now. If a, if a child came forward and said like, I'm being beaten at home, right? Well, then, then maybe, you know, you investigate, someone investigates, right? Like some security firm or some, or something, um, investigates. And I would say also in a free society that that child, um, would have the ability and the, the natural born right, uh, to emancipate themselves from a harmful environment. Um, the problem, the problem would arise at that point, which is, well, how would the child know that? Right. And I would think that some, some things to me seem like common knowledge, um, based on the culture that you're in, right? Like we, we all, I, I don't have a specific example, but we all take things for granted that other cultures don't take for granted. Um, oh, here's an example, like the private property rights. We've covered this uh, with like Indians before who don't understand the concept of private property. So they don't, you know, they don't even ask for it in, in their cultures. Um, where we do, where it's a big thing here. Like that's like the fucking fundamental and foundational principles, um, of what I would like to see in an anarchist society. Um, what's mine's is mine's and what's yours is yours. And let's, let's not intermingle, uh, involuntarily. Um, but yeah, so I, I would think that the, the freedom to emancipate would be something that would be built in, um, to a, a free culture, right? Like, you know, a, a state free environment and a state free, uh, culture would, would have that built in. Um, and if not learned behavior, right, definitely, you know, or if not ingrained behavior, definitely learned behavior where they would, they would see examples of it out and about. Um, so once the child is able to say like, no, 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 I've, I've, I've had enough of your beatings. I want to be on my own, um, and remove themselves from the situation and, you know, go stay with whomever they think is a better alternative. 
uh, I think that could work as well. Uh, but otherwise, just none of my business. None of my business, none of your business, definitely none of the state's business to go interfering in what I would consider to be family matters, um, no matter how egregious those matters happen to be, until someone steps forward and says, you know, and not, and not you know, some nosy neighbor stepping forward, <coughs> but until like, you know, the victim or, you know, an agent of the victim steps forward and says like, no, 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 we've had enough, right? Like if it's, if it's an abusive father, because that's stereotypical, right? Then the mother could step forward and say like, you know, on, be, on behalf of my son, you know, please someone stop this man um, type of a thing. Or the son could step forward and say, you know, please stop this man from, from beating and abusing me. Um, you know, but, but out, outside of, outside of that, right. It's kind of like none of, none of your business. Um, and if it's going to be your business, then you have to take responsibility for the kidnapping, right? If you want to go in there and hire someone to kidnap the child, because you think it's going to be in their best interest, right. Then the, that burden is definitely square upon you. Um, and outside of, you know, the, the CPS and, and child welfare or whatever they call it in, in your town, um, like you would be responsible for kidnapping if it turns out that you had no, you know, you were in the wrong, right? If it turns out like, oh no, fit parent, um, you know, discipline's okay. Probably shouldn't have taken that kid. Well, then your ass is going to hang for kidnapping, especially if you kidnap him for two years, um, and and you know, with, without any type of recourse from the parents, right? But because it's the state, but because it's uh, child protective services. There's that built-in sovereign immunity where no one gets in trouble for this, even though, like they're saying, it's legal kidnapping. And I'm glad that this organization exists to fight back. Um, but what 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 can they do aside from like file lawsuits and try to get things you know things overturned, right? None of those none of those CPS agents are ever going to be held like really accountable. They're not going to have to pay any restitutions to the families that they've harmed and kidnapped their kids from. Right. It's going to if, if anything, just like most things, most lawsuits against the state, um, the taxpayers foot the bill because they go, like, OK, you know, all the families are entitled to, you know, one hundred thousand dollars or whatever. And where does that money come from? Well, it's not from the bureaucrats that did the kidnapping. They're they're immune. Right. It's still other people in society that had had no part uh, in the kidnapping now now being held the responsible party, um, even if not being, uh, you know, the the guilty party mc oh right on uh not kidnap people <laughs> and if you do make sure uh make sure they deserve it <laughs> kind of right like i mean ma when i say make sure they deserve it it's it's more like you know there, there's sufficient evidence right there's there's more than just probable cause right there's there's um you know evidence of abuse Right. Like, you know, the, the, the child goes to school for whatever reason and he's got like a black eye. Right. And the child says, like, you know, oh, how would you get that black eye? And goes, my dad punched me in the face. Right. Well, you don't immediately kidnap the child. Right. You know, that that's not, I would say that's not sufficient evidence, but it could be grounds for an investigation. Right. Or you could ask the child. Right. Hey, you know, do you feel comfortable going home to that environment? Right. And if the child says, no, I don't want to go home. Right. Then then something could be said for that child having agency over himself um, and deciding not to go home. And then you're just, you know, acting on his behalf, you know, because he's not physically capable 
of you know uh, of fighting back or defending himself against you know a, a, a bigger more violent parent right but so- somewhere along the line there has to be permission right it's not kidnapping because the child voluntarily wanted to go right said like no i don't want to go home please take me somewhere else that's safer right i wouldn't call that a kidnapping but if the child says no 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 i'll go home right then maybe you can you know keep an eye on that situation investigate that situation um and then really you know I'm going to say influence the child um, if he continues to get, you know, beaten at home uh, to maybe choose a better option, right? Present them with other options, um, you know, that, that may be more beneficial to them. Um, but who knows, right? Like the, the, it has, it has to be their choice in some aspect, right? You can't just go in and take the child away from a family uh, because of the, the, the family chooses a method of discipline that you disagree with. Um, but if you, if you can, you know, convince, or like I said, you know, in, influence the child, I'm just like, no, there's, there are other ways to get disciplined that don't involve you getting punched in the face all the time. Um, you know, would you like to hear some options? Um, I, I've, I always maintain that, you know, children are smarter than we give them credit for, um, and could easily express an opinion one way or the other. Right. Like I've, I, I've, I've made claims in the past. Um, that even babies, right, are are able to express a preference, um, even if they're not able to speak, right? They, you, you know, from their, you know, crying or body language, or or you know, or or physical movements, um, whether or not they're okay with the situation, right? You know, hand a new hand a newborn to an asshole relative. And, you know, see how long, see how much the baby squirms and wants to push away and get away and starts crying because they don't want to be there. Right. If you can recognize that as the baby expressing a preference of where they want to be, um, then you can allow children, you know, to to express a similar preference, um, even if not by, you know, verbal language, by just, you know, like I said, body language or any any other way of communication. All the other nonverbal methods of communication um, can be deduced uh, as an, as an expression of preference. Um, and so, yeah, so, so it's not a, it's not a matter of, you know, just don't, don't kidnap anybody, right? It's a matter of like, well, is it really kidnapping if the child doesn't want to be there and can say definitively, I don't want to be there, please take me somewhere else. And then you're just a good Samaritan helping their cause along, right? Like then at that point you become an agent for the child. Um, even if you're not getting paid to be so, does that make sense? Cool. Sure. All right. Short article, um, I think. Yeah, short article, but I think uh, very insightful um, to the mentality of statists. Um, and uh, covered here before, but again, why not? Um, even though I'm not uh, the religious type, the state as God's will. Headline. This column explores a common phenomenon that occurs when libertarians express their opinions regarding the state and its operating mechanism, the government. Uh, Most libertarian principles are anathema to mainstream political thought. However, some libertarian ideas challenge only the tenets of traditional conservatives, while other libertarian ideas are contrary only to the political beliefs of left-leaning liberals or progressives. It has been the experience of this author that conservatives tend to deal with opposing ideals in a calm, objective manner, while liberals often become unglued, upset, and even angry 
when presented with ideas divergent from their deeply held beliefs. Uh, these liberals regularly terminate friendships with those who dare challenge their belief systems and drop them from their Facebook friend roster. Uh, college students might escape hearing contrary beliefs that threaten their delicate natures by seeking safe spaces or picketing offensive professors who dare express political or economic ideas viewed as offensive by some students. A possible explanation for this reaction by liberals is that they tend to view critical comments regarding the state as attacks against their understanding of a higher power. A, a recent Pew Research Center survey found that one-third of U.S. adults do not believe in God as described in the Bible, but believe in a higher power of some kind. 80% uh, of those between 18 and 29 years uh, believe in some kind of spiritual force. The study goes on to reveal that those who lean toward the Democratic Party are mo more likely than Republicans to say they believe in a higher power or spiritual force other than the biblical God. Just what is the nature of this higher power or spiritual force? Perhaps the answer can be found in Hegel. Uh, Mark Twain described the prose of literary Germans such as George Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel as follows. Uh, whenever the literary Germans dives into a sentence, that is the last you are going to see of him until he emerges on the other side of the Atlantic with a verb in his mouth. Uh, ponderous as it, may, as it well may be, Hegel's philosophy of right reveals his ideas of a state and the body politic. Uh, he describes the state as a divine power, the march of God in the world. Uh, the state is a supreme manifestation of the activity of God in the world, and the state is God's will. Uh, consequently, the individual must be subservient to the collective. Only then can one truly be free. Uh, granted, only a small percentage of the population is familiar with the writings of Hegel. So how is it that his philosophy of the state is shared by many liberals? Perhaps the answer lies in the liberal view of the state as a great benefactor, a higher power that can feed and clothe people from birth to grave, provide health care and the education of youth while ensuring safety from evils of the world. To attack the state with verbal insults and challenges is to attack all that is good, all that a higher power can offer, all that liberals believe in. Uh, when libertarians and anarcho-capitalists criticize the state and its activities, they are seen by liberals as criticizing the expression of God's will. Uh, your thoughts on this, MC? I mean, not necessarily do you agree with it, um, but can can you see the author's point of view Um and then is, is he right in some aspects? Um, yeah, I think it's a worthy read. Um, it's uh, one of those things, the, the liberals, I don't think they realize it, but they have, they have faith in, in government. And yes. I don't know where, where that comes from. Um, I've mentioned before that I think it has something to do with... Uh, uh, the way they were brought up, maybe, you know, bad parenting or, uh, you know, bad grade school rules or, or you know, whatever it is. But um, uh, it's it's the the belief in authority. Sure. And it's also the belief that you can you can have control over this authority if you have a big group of people. And I think that's what they miss out on. They don't understand is is that they can create this huge monster of, you know, of a government, uh, but they don't, there's no way they can have control over it. Um, and that's kind of where, um, you know, we, we're not necessarily, me and you are not 
necessarily fighting for a, a balance in, in that system. Um, we're fighting for uh, just abolishing that system in, in favor yes. of uh, people figuring out how, how to best do it themselves. And so, so I, I would always argue, sure, there might be problems in anarchy. I'd rather have the problems in anarchy than potential problems of, of a, a huge government. Um, and so while my life is doing fine, my, my friends, some of my friends uh, uh, claim to be conservatives. Um, they want things to stay the way they are now because, you know, they think everything is fine. But I always point out things are not fine. There's horrible things, even just like the, the child kidnappings by the government um, that, that happen daily. And uh, people, you know, are not able to stop them. And just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean uh, that it's acceptable, you know. So, um, so, yeah, I think I think we'd have more control over our lives um, and people would take more responsibility for their lives if they didn't have, you know, the, the nanny state um, dictating everything. Yep. And I think what the, one of the pointing things you said is they think they can take control of, of the apparatus and then, you know, shortly thereafter realize that they can't. Uh, and so not to, not to pick on uh, only liberals and only progressives, but I think that's, I think that's a trait um, that conservatives carry as well, right? Because both, both sides are always fighting for control over the state apparatus in some form or fashion, right? Like, we, like you said, me and you you know, oh. and, and other anarchists want to eliminate the state, uh, but the rest are fighting for control over the apparatus. A lot of times conservatives, their whole reason for existing is, is fighting the leftists. And that's pretty much it. I mean, sure. That's definitely know, when, the stance of the alt-right. Whenever whenever uh, somebody uh, that claims to be a conservative or Republican or whatever, uh, anybody from the right, you know, wins in government, obviously they, they take another form. They, they do other things uh, besides just limit the state or limit the left. Uh, but that's the rhetoric, you know. So that's why... People, you know, the, the conservatives, what rallies, really rallies them together is is preventing the left from drawing, you know, creating uh, an even worse sponsor than the government already is. They don't really care so much how it is now. Like, everything's fine now to them. Don't yeah. change it anymore. Um, so, anyway, that's my idea of, of kind of how, how it traps people. <laughs> Well, I also think with the last election, I, th I think there's some um, backtracking a little bit from the, the libertarians for Trump camp. Uh, oh, yeah. Maybe, may, you know, because... Well, he's, you know, Trump's proven himself, you know, a fraud and a deceiver and all that stuff, so... Right. But I think there was some hope that, you know, especially... Because it sounded ridiculous to me at the time, and so I never got on board the bandwagon, even though a, even though a lot of the uh, authors... Um, who were on that Libertarians for Trump bandwagon? I have pre I had previously supported and been big fans of. Um, you know, they when when I saw that they were associated with that, I went, ah, okay, and you you know you you lost me. Maybe you didn't lose me for good, right? Because I I take great ideas where I can find them, uh, but you definitely lost me as far as like an ardent supporter of all your work. Um, so 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 maybe what I'm saying is maybe not 
maybe not completely, um, but when it was so ridiculous to me at the time um, that I couldn't I couldn't get behind that libertarians for Trump ideal. Um, and then I think a lot of what they thought he was going to do, right? It was it was more than just anything but Hillary, right? Any anything but the left, right? It was more like you know he's gonna Trump's gonna do certain things um, that you know libertarians would like. Um, and I think now that he's kind of you know uh, proven that that's not exactly what his stance is, even though again credit where credit is due, sometimes sometimes he he you know pulls a fast one on everybody and does something interesting. Uh, I think they, they, there's some, like the honeymoon time is over for that, that movement, right? They realize, nope, Trump is just another, another politician, um, doing what, what all the other politicians do. Um, and that maybe, you know, hopefully they'll come around again and say, no, 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 we, we, we don't need that. We don't need Trump isms or anything like that. And the whole state apparatus again, where, where libertarian should be, the whole state apparatus, uh, should be condemned and burned to the ground. Uh, does that make sense? I feel like I, I lost track a little bit there. Sure. Well, I mean, it's really hard to convince people to uh, want to completely flip the system and and uh, and, and do their own thing. Um, yeah, because they always think they're going to get control of it, and when they get control of it, they'll do what they want. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's and and again, it's it's conservatives, it's the left, it's it's the alt right. Right. When we take over the government, you know, we're going to get rid of all the leftists. Right. Well, that's probably not going to happen and you're, you're probably going to do some dumb shit too and whoever it's since it's not going to be you that takes control of the government whoever you vote in is probably going to do some bad shit that you don't like as well um and then you know and then the bloom falls off of that rose right it's just it's 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 such an obvious cycle that it's amazing um that only a handful of people recognize it and are and want to do something about it um, everyone else just goes along with, you know, like, oh, yeah, we just vote them out. Just vote. You know, we can't wait for the next elections. We just vote them out. Vote, vote these guys out again. Like new, new people in, old people out. And I'm just sitting here going like, nope. Uh, you know, same, same mentality going in. And that's the, the, you know, the status mentality of that the, the government can and will do what's right for the people. Um, and I just, I don't hold, I don't hold those beliefs. Right. I go, like, no, it's detrimental. Right. I don't, what, whatever you think the government was set up to do, um, it either doesn't do or actively does the opposite. Right. Like there's there's no no good comes out of, you know, government programs um, that couldn't be done better uh, under a, a market system or structure unless. Right. You go like, no, it's designed. It's designed to rob people and to redistribute wealth. And, you know, it's very effective at that. But, you know, that's that's not what they say. Right. They go like for the children or for the for the old people. Um, but it's really like lie in our pockets while stealing your money to help people who will vote for us. MC. Um, yeah. So good read. All right. Everybody, Let's continue bashing progressives then. It's like screw those guys. You mean degressives? Yeah, sure. Re regressives, degressives. Yeah. Uh, progressives against economic progress. Uh, one, yeah, talking about Uber and Lyft earlier. One week it's ride sharing. The next week it's home sharing. The week after that, cryptocurrency. There is no end of economic change to perpetually wring one's hands over, or worse, uh, demand government action against. Uh, most opponents of the sharing economy, the gig economy, the cryptocurrency economy, etc., posture 
as progressives, even as they openly side with corporate dinosaurs and parasitic bureaucrats and against workers and the entrepreneurs who empower those workers. Let's call these self-styled progressives what they really are. Reactionaries. There you go. Regressives. Uh, they're desperate to preserve a post-World War II American eco economic order, which they themselves admit hasn't worked for regular Americans for decades, if it ever really did. Uh, how often do we hear from the progressives about wage stagnations or lack of family leave and what Americans who work hard and play by the rules should get but aren't getting? Uh, but when a company like Uber comes along and makes it possible for people to make more per hour than those who drive for state-privileged medallions taxi monopolies while setting their own hours and taking off anytime they need to, our progressive reactionaries side with the monopolists and support legislation and litigation to force drivers back onto the wage labor plantation. Oh, about that extra room in your house. Don't even think about renting it out uh, by the night for extra income via Airbnb. The well-heeled hotel lobby hates the idea and their allies, the progressive reactionaries. Want your cleaning rooms at Super 8 and waiting patiently for another decade for, or three of them to deliver on their living wage promises. Uh, not taking financial matters into your own hands? If that means you can't afford to keep your house, too bad. They'll slam you for contributing to gentrification when you sell it to someone who can afford it. Uh, when it comes to reproductive rights, these supposed progressives are proudly pro-choice. Pro uh, but what the support for that choice evaporate the instant you choose money, cryptocurrency, uh, that can't be easily taxed or financed their schemes. They're a lot less interested in the bigger pie for you if they're preserving their own ability to take a slice of that pie at will. Uh, the late William F. Buckley defined a, a, conservative, a conservative as someone who stands athwart history, yelling stop at a time when no one is inclined to do so or have much patience with those who urge it. Sound familiar? Progressives? Uh, your thoughts on this, MC, uh, specifically the Airbnb and cryptocurrency, because we kind of already did the, the Uber thing earlier. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got distracted. <laughs> oh. So you have to tell me what your thoughts are. <laughs> okay. Uh, where to begin? I, I, again, like I said, it's 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 di it's difficult to dis distinguish between, in my mind, conservatives and progressives in general. Like to me, it's it's two sides of the same coin. Um, but again, again, there it's always it's so stupid on the left's part to continually do things um, that that act against what they what they claim to be their interest right so when it when it comes to um like the like i said the airbnb right they they they, they want you know they they want to get rid of uh you know they, they're usually for um you know getting rid of like, like the giant hotel companies and whatever and and if you want a vacation rent your home or airbnb like they they should be for that right because it puts it puts the 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 lower people back in control of, of their lives, right? Back, you're in control of your finances, not the big company. You don't have to be a wage slave uh, to the man uh, because you know you can drive your Uber whenever you want to, or you can rent out your place whenever you want to. Um, but then, but then they go like, no, no, you can't, right? You know, we we don't we don't want that kind of uh, of establishment in our neighborhood, right? It's, it's always, it's, it's always like the collective, um, even to the point where like, you know, vacation rentals here in Hawaii are, I, I want to say thrive, um, under the radar, right? They're, they're, they're technically illegal in most, in most places. And yet they exist, 
um, and they exist in defiance of the state. And if you know, if you ever if you ever caught with one, then they they can you know fine you or whatever. Um, but it should be it should be like championed, right? It should be it should be um, no 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 you 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 need the extra money. Go ahead, right? You know keep 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 the family uh, intact. Um, and keep, you know, those wealthy rich people out, like the article says, who can afford to buy the house, um, and, and, you know, maintain it. Um, you get to keep your family home in the neighborhood you grew up in. And if you, if, and because the state taxes you so much more, if you need to rent out a room, um, by all means do it. Um, unless, you know, like, like the article says, unless, unless they say you can't because they don't want vagrants coming in and out of the neighborhood. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a personal family issue. Um, but like I, I currently live at home and we're, we're looking to change that very soon. Um, but there, there was like a loss of income stream in the house, right? Like the, the one, one of the breadwinners is no longer part of the, the household. Um, and so they went, where do we get the money from? Well, it's a big ass house, man. Like this house is, you've been to my house, MC. Um, it is way, it's way bigger than it needs to be for the amount of people who need to be here. Like would you accept that like first of all sure yeah. okay so I, I we, haven't even seen the whole house i've only seen a few rooms so <laughs> even even more so right so there 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 is space in this house that you haven't even been to um and it's it's a it's 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 really like two houses because my sister like didn't want to move out or my niece didn't want to move out so my sister built a house on top of the house um for her family to live in um, but there's like spare rooms right there's you know there's there's the there's a whole like three bedroom house on top of the this bedroom house, um, and studio space and a back room and all this other stuff. So when it came down to like where do we get the money to pay the mortgage on this stupidly expensive house, um, you got to rent it out. And then and so do you, do you go through the process, um, you know of, of like filing for permits to for, for income and dwelling? No, you just you find friends or friends of friends, or you put out a quick ad on, you know, Craigslist, that's still available, um, to just get reasonable tenants to move in like long-term, short-term doesn't matter. Just as long as, you know, you pay the money, um, and that we can pay the bills at the end of the month, you have a roof over your head. Um, it's another reason why I've never been like, uh, uh, an opponent of like renting, right? Like I've always been told like, you know, you got to buy, you got to, eventually you got to buy your own house. And I wasn't like, why? I don't, I don't need it. Um, I need a room with a bed and, you know, may, maybe some, you know, TV or something, but I don't, I don't need your giant house with all that space. Like, I don't even want it. That seems like a lot of work and a lot of like brouhaha that I don't need to take care of. I don't want to, I don't want to have to mow the lawn, right? I don't want to have to fix the dryer when it breaks, right? And I want to be able to call someone like, Hey, fix the dryer. Your, your, your dryer's bogan. I pay rent, fix it. Right? Like I, I like have, I pay a premium um, for that service and the, and you know, the, the privacy of having my own place. Um, so I, I, so to, to, to not allow, to make it more difficult for me to find a place like that, um, because you're, you're banning people from, um, from running those types of establishments, right. Again, makes the price go up for me. And even though I'm your, I'm your philosophical opponent, Right. If you don't know what my political views are, um, as far as like, you know, I'm an anarchist. If you don't know that you would look at me and think that I'm one of you, right? Like just on the surface, 
I should appear to be one of you and you should be on my side. Right. I, I, I get into conversations with my mom about this all the time when she bitches about, you know, new, new taxes, um, new income tax, new property tax, new, this, new, that, you know, we're raising this, we're raising that. And I go like, why aren't you on my side? Right. Why, why, when we have like a philosophical discussion about these types of issues, do you fight me? Because I'm trying to show you a better way, another way, a different way of how things could be if you just eliminate this burdensome, overbearing, you know, state apparatus that takes your money and steals your things and makes you pay them for the privilege of living on their land, right? Like, why are you not on my side? Um, and say, you know, and, and I feel the same way when discussing certain topics with, you know, liberals and, and or conservatives, when they're not like screeching and yelling and hooping and hollering, um, is like, why aren't you on our side? Right. If, if you want to give like power back to the people, then, then eliminate the state and the people will have some power. Right. If you, if you want the, if you want the power to like keep people out of your society for your own cultural enrichment, right. Eliminate the state and then let private property and private defense supersede. Then you don't have to worry about open or closed borders because it'll just be private borders. And you and you, you and your like your people can just form a community that no one else comes into. Right. It doesn't have to be forced. It doesn't have to be mandated. It's just you, you close it off on your own. No state intervention. That's it. You, you have your own little commune over there with your private property. And then everyone else exists around you, right? You you want to you don't want the big old you know fat cat capitalist factory boss, right? Then you go get all your workers together. Now that there's no state preventing you from like you know forming your little collective, and start making your own shit, right? And then sell it, right? It's just why why are they why are they you know it's it's the mentality thing. But again, why are they not on our side? Why 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 can't they see past? Um, whatever little petty control they think they're going to get from the government and realize that they'll have infinitely more control uh, absent the state apparatus that's holding everyone back. MC? Yeah, it, it goes back to the, the one we were talking about earlier with uh, people believing uh, they they can control the state and then <laughs> when, they finally get some, when, when they finally get some freedom that uh, capitalists gives to them in the form of, you know, Uber or, you know, sh sharing your, your stuff, then, then, you know, just, just wait for the government to get involved. Yeah. We, we don't want monopolies, but we don't want infinite competition either. Right. We, we don't want one cab company, but we don't want everybody to be able to be a cab yeah. company. Yeah. Well, that's, that is a, a, a common theme with a lot of liberals. They don't like competition, but um, they should, cause they're against monopolies. Uh, well, they're not really against monopolies. They're, they're against rich people. So for example, if, if they could give all production to the government and so that nobody can be rich, they would be in favor of that. Um, and it has nothing to do with making themselves have a better life. Uh, a lot of it is, is a weird of jealousy that nobody should be able to have stuff that other people don't have. Um, and, and obviously that leads to everybody being poor. Um, yeah. Everybody equally poor with zero. Yeah. And, or, or dead. Um, so 
so yeah, it's just it's just really weird that that they're okay with uh, a, a government force having all the power and control and money, but they're not okay with an individual having it. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's a it's just a, a weird assumption that that having a government monopoly is is any better than a a corporate monopoly, which you know which can't actually happen without a government. So both ways the government is what's creating the problems and, and they just don't realize it or, or care to even look. Yeah. I don't know. Strange, 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 bizarre, bizarre behavior and even bizarre uh, mentality, like triggering that behavior. Like they just, yeah. like for whatever reason they can't, they can't get around the facts. Um, and so they like, like the, the last article, the headline was uh, progressives against economic progress. Right, they they can't even wrap their head around the fact that what they're doing is detrimental uh, to their end goal, and that there are other ways. Final thoughts? Yeah, it's like uh, what what people should do is, you know, if uh, I'm trying to think of a a nifty way to put this, but uh, you know, government is is big brother, and uh, uh, maybe you should try. Uh, should we kidnap big brother <laughs> against kid, his will? Kidnap. <laughs> I don't think you can. Um, I don't think because that would be like trying to control Big Brother. Um, not going to happen. But I don't know. I, I I can't really put into words what I'm, what I'm trying to say. So I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us then. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, you know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com, uh, facebook.com/slash/anarchistexperience, facebook.com/slash/groups/slash/anarchistexperience to get in on the discussion. I'm going to throw this one out there because I'm uh, because of my personal issues with Facebook. Um, I'm making a concerted effort to post some stuff on Twitter um, when I remember. So it's it's a it's a slow transition as I as I build the habit of putting show prep also on Twitter um, and also some of the stuff that I post there. So I believe it's Twitter dot com slash the anarchist EXP because uh, it's still abbreviated there. So give that a shot. And if that doesn't work, fucking find it because you're smart like that. Um, and if you want to contribute to the show financially, we do that through Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.